Welcome back to another installment of Zen Parenting. This is Todd Adams playing Beethoven. And this is Kathy Adams listening to Beethoven, because I listen to it all day long, because Todd plays that on the piano all day I, pl- long. I also play Row, Row Your Boat. Let's not forget and about twinkle, that. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I have not yet been trained twinkle twinkle little star but we are happy to have everybody back listening to us yes i'm gonna put down my piano so you keep talking so so todd's had how many lessons now two two piano lessons so um he will maybe that will be what we use as far as music is todd's songs that he's practicing for the piano well yeah we will be able to see my evolution your progress my revolution progress and uh i plan to be the next billy joel i got a text from my friend greggy and he said there's not a whole lot of cool piano players so he didn't know why i was taking up the, the piano he said there's not a lot of cool piano players and i said elton john i a said cool piano player. i said billy joel and then i said the guy from coldplay lady gaga's a piano player is it what's the guy's name from coldplay uh chris martin chris martin he's an amazing piano player yeah um justin timberlake's a piano player yeah but you don't really know jt as a piano player i know but he's a dancer but i think that most musicians when they're really good they understand music and they know how to play the piano that's right so let's get on with the show we are brought to everybody by avid company Mm -hmm. and i'll talk to you guys about them at the end of the show okay um I wanted to start the show and talk a little bit about just random snippets of our last week. Okay. And because we're always trying to tie everything together, but instead I kind of want to just throw out a few things and then we'll start into the actual content. I'm not very good with random snippets. I tend to go on and on about You know things. what? Snippets is kind of a good word. I like snippets. <laughs> it's second to ditty and installments. Okay. And so, anyways, um, I was, um, I entered, I shouldn't say that, there's a chess tournament at the high school, and it was for anybody that's in second grade. What grade is JC? So, it was, it, it was in the high school, but it was for children who were in elementary school. Second graders through eighth graders yeah. or something like that. And it was an interesting experience because although... Uh, JC didn't necessarily do super duper well. Mm-hmm. She learned how to accept defeat with grace, mm-hmm. I hope. And I, uh, it's funny because at these chess tournaments, they do not allow parents to be anywhere near the kids while they're playing. And But there are these windows that, that, that you can peer into. And I was very conscious of the fact that I did not want to be that parent that's kind of sitting there with their eyes pressed up against the glass and waiting to see if their kid came out, whether victorious or defeated. And Do you think that's what the parents are doing, why they're watching, is because they're worried about whether they're going to win? Or do you think they're just like curious? No, curious about I what think the there's a little bit of both there. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of kooky parents, as long as I'm putting my judgment hat on mm-hmm. this early in the game, mm-hmm. that are going to uh, be happy or sad based on whether or not their kid won or lost. Okay. And there's also a lot of very kind of calm parents or aware parents that are just more curious. Now, I was the parent who didn't, um, I didn't even look in there. I looked in there, I think, once just to see if she was playing, but that was it. I didn't want But to. you had to be conscious of that decision. I did. Because we had this discussion, and you were saying that you wanted to look in, but you made a conscious decision I to did. not. Yes. So the instinct right. is, the natural instinct is, I want to, you know, look through the window, but you said, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and relax and let her come to me and tell me what happened. Right, 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 right. So, um, and I know I think we're going to try to talk a little bit about ego today, and it's funny because... I was the one who taught JC how to play chess, and there JC was not 
um, winning a whole lot of matches. And winning. Winning. <laughs> duh. Duh. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot because I haven't taught her very well. But I, it turns out, and this is just to stroke my own ego, that all the, other ele- all the other elementary schools in town have a chess club with the exception of the school that JC goes to. Right. And so these kids are playing every week in a tournament-type format. And, you know, JC didn't even really know how to work a timer for chess. So anyways. Well, and when I showed up, because I, I showed up later, because I don't know what I had. I had a, I had yeah. a, you had a hip I had a, I had a chiropractic appointment. But anyway, I showed up, and um, you mentioned that to me. And then you said, and if they need help with the chess club at JC School, that's something I could probably do. And I kind of laughed when you said that, because... Todd already has like 12 things that he does on got, a daily basis. I got nothing but time. I got <laughs> yeah, nothing whatever. but time. So yes. He volunteers for a lot of things and he's got his full-time job at JVI and he's got, you know, this work that he does in Galena and he's got this radio show. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So I so might anyway, be leader of the chess club at Field School which, Elementary. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyways. We'll, we'll try and work that into our schedule. Yeah. We'll but put that in. I, the, the, what you're thinking is good. Like I understand what you're thinking and the whole point is that, you know, JC didn't have the same opportunity, right. but, you know, she ended up having a pretty good time, right? She had a good time, and it inspired her to, I think, work a little bit harder on her chess game because yeah. she is more competitive than Cameron is. Yeah. She doesn't like to lose. Cameron doesn't want anybody to lose, and she doesn't care if she wins. <laughs> and JC really loves to win, and she didn't do a whole lot of winning that night. So anyways, yeah. um, I think by allowing her to... Have, have that experience. That experience, it motivated her to maybe play a little bit more, take it a little more seriously, just so she doesn't If lose it be all the chess time. or anything else, right? Because right? it's one of those experiences where I really was um, in awe of her because she kind of walked in blindly. She had no idea what a chess tournament was. She and had no idea what She's playing against all there. these other kids who have played in this tournament-style format. And, you know, I'm so proud of, of yeah. how well she did. And plus, she was one of, uh, you know, there's only... I think 25 second graders in the entire school district that, that know how to play chess and had the guts to go play. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I was I was focusing on that positive. You know what I loved is, and this may not uh, be a big deal to anybody else, but um, there were just as many girls there as boys there. Yeah, I well, loved it's because that. there's no, I mean, you know, with basketball or some other things, uh, <clears throat> boys tend to, you know, uh, have a little bit more development or whatever. There's it's an even playing field. Yeah, with it was chess. Cool. It's a mind game. It was so, it was anyways. awesome to see. So I thought that we would take two minutes on that, and we took six. So let's move into um, what we're going to talk about this week. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about your hip. It's actually not my hip. Oh, that's I've right. Figured out it's, or I, I have figured out, with the, figured out with the help of professionals that it's my lower back. Right. Not my hip. And we're going to talk about my hamstring, but I'm going to let you start talking about your hip. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just start by saying about a week or two ago, or maybe, I don't know, a week ago, I... Um, it's been 11 and a half days. <laughs> to be exact. To be exact. In three hours. Um, it, my hip, or my, excuse me, my lower back kind of went out. And I've always had issues with my lower back. If there's a place in my body that I feel, um, especially when I'm doing yoga, that's the place. But it really went out where there was excruciating pain going down my back and going down my leg. And Todd had to hear about it a lot. You were in a lot of pain because you did a lot of um, external processing. I did. And more so because, well, and this is kind of what we're talking about, I externally processed my pain a lot because I am not used to having pain in my body. And 
Um, I Part of the whole my yoga life is that I'm really big into taking care of my body and feeling good. And um, I, don't, uh, I don't do well with pain. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a headache, I take care of it. I figure out what's going on. I go to the chiropractor. I do yoga. And I can most of the time manage. It doesn't mean I don't have pain ever, but I most of the time can manage. And this was a little um, off the deep end it, for me. It threw you for a loop because you couldn't really walk without looking funny. I mean, it was, it was a lot really of pain. really bad. And, and honestly, it's still here, but I'm working on it. But I think the thing that I realized from it is that I, my initial response to hurting myself was, or having this pain, was I was really annoyed and angry about it because I feel like I take care of myself and that shouldn't happen. I had flashbacks, and I haven't told you this, of your week of being in a lot of pain to any week of your first trimester of any of your pregnancies. Yes. Because you were um, not in a really bright mood. No. Is that a safe assumption? Yes. I. But in, but you know what's so different about that? Todd is referring to the fact that in with all of my pregnancies, my first trimester, I was very sick and very uncomfortable and very open about how I felt. And I contend that it is has been the most challenging time of our marriage every tr- first trimester of any of your pregnancies because you because I'm miserable because you're miserable I can't do anything to help I'm you know trying my best to console but eventually you kind of get sick of the you know being a consoler so anyways well you no one was taking care of you at all so right. not that you need taking care of in a coddling way but it was kind of all everything was on you yes but anyway th- I think in the, you know being sick when you're pregnant is a little different because I knew it would come to the, to an end. Right, and you didn't this, know. I was, this lower back issue is frustrating to me because, as I said, I felt like it shouldn't be happening. So I did a lot of not accepting it and being mm. annoyed and really kind of saying this, is, this shouldn't be happening and I'm just going to try and heal myself and I'm going to use my oils and I'm going to do my yoga moves and I'm going to get rid of this. And I fought, fought, fought it. And the more I fought it, the more pain that I had. Mm-hmm. And so finally... I don't know, last week at some point I said, I'm going to go to my chiropractor and get this figured out. And I accepted that regardless of how much I take care of myself or whatever it may be, that things happen. So you were in, you were trying to uh, retain control over something that was kind of incontrollable. Completely incontrollable. But I was annoyed. You know, I mean, I think we do this a lot in life if it be that our lower back goes out or anything else. I was annoyed because I do so much work to make sure those things don't happen that something like that happened. And I figured I kind of felt like, well, that shouldn't happen to me. And the truth is, is once I got over that, I feel like some of the pain subsided. It's still there. But that was my first instinct, and that's why I needed to talk about it all the time. Yeah. And um, and in, it's interesting because you came home yesterday yes. with your Here, with let, a hamstring. Yeah. Pull. Let me tell the story. Okay. So um, Kathy does a yoga class uh, every Saturday, and for the first time ever, I emailed all the guys that I play basketball with and said, "Listen, guys." I used to always put myself on the disabled list because I used to always pull my groin or hamstring or something like that. Since taking up yoga, I have never hurt myself a single time. <laughs> so I said that with the idea of to encourage my basketball friends to, one, get the, get themselves some help by doing yoga, which is something I believe in. And secondly, um, you know, getting more people at your class right. and, you know, just introducing my friends to something new and then helping you with the Game amount of people numbers. at your class. So um, it turns out a lot of people showed interest. A lot of my basketball buddies showed interest, but they were not able to make it. So, but whatever. I put that out there, and uh, sure enough, two days later, in, and I said in the email, you know, I haven't hurt myself a single time. I haven't had to put myself in the deal a single time since 
I started taking yoga. So two days after that email went out, I'm playing basketball, and what do you know? Pop goes the hamstring. Right. So it's funny because the guys, although they felt sorry for me, they're like, well, looks like you spoke too soon about not having put yourself right. on the deal. And it bruised my ego because here, you know, you, you're talking about your ability to control your pain in your hip and everything else. And here I am saying, you know, this isn't supposed to happen to me. Well, and that's, it's the exact same thing. And that's what I mean. Like, and I, I too quickly, you came home in pain and I too quickly tried to give you all the lessons that yeah, I've learned in the last week. Give me the lesson week. while I'm mad at myself right. for popping my hamstring. Well, and the crazy thing is, is you, we had gone to yoga Monday night, so you were all stretched out. And like mm-hmm. you said, you were, you had run before you played basketball. Yeah, I did so everything. Were, it's everything funny because usually I pop my hamstring in the past is from not stretching and this time, I think it, my hamstring was fatigued because we had a killer hamstring workout that Monday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran before basketball. I stretched before basketball. I was in really good shape. It was at the end of the hour of my basketball, and it still popped. So I think it was fatigued. So I think I overdid it instead of understretched it. Well, and I think it's it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's and again, I was giving you lessons too early. But it really, you know, we can sit there and say, here's what I did, and here's how it happened, and here's whatever. There's this really, it's really nice to just accept that it happened mm-hmm. and then move forward rather try, rather than trying to figure it out and getting our ego involved in the process of figuring it out. Because I had, that's what I'm trying to say is I had an ego issue too because I, you know, I feel like this is why I do the things I do so I don't have pain. Mm-hmm. And here I am in excruciating pain and I don't understand it and it shouldn't be. And if just the act of accepting it and then figuring out some ways and asking for help, because right. that's the other thing is I didn't want to go to the chiropractor. I wanted to heal it myself. And that and that lasted as long as it could until I was really ready to ask someone for help. Yeah. And now that you ask somebody for help, you kind of let that go. And although the pain is still there, it's not as strong. It's not as bad. And I know I'm doing something. Right. I think sometimes, that, like I said, there's more pain when we don't ask for help when we feel like we need to do it ourselves when we're all alone and you know this is becoming kind of metaphorical because this can be a physical pain like what we're experiencing right now or this can be an emotional pain where you're struggling with something and you say i shouldn't have to struggle with this this shouldn't be this way i'm going to blame other people i'm not going to ask for help i'm not going to talk about it and then you just it's like um it you double your suffering right and if you can ask for help if it be from a you know a doctor or a um, a friend or someone who can assist you, um, there's such an ease right there because you're already accepting. Right, you're accepting what's going on and you're accepting assistance from somebody well, else. Well, and you had um, you were trying to teach me the lesson 20 minutes after I popped my right. hamstring. You weren't ready for it. And, I was wrong. And I gave you the similar uh, situation when you used the word degenerative. Um, oh yeah. That night you used that word and I kind of stopped you in your tracks and I said, "Listen, you're." I thought you were making uh, pretty big leaps. You're going to have to explain that because you're not explaining exactly what happened. Well, you used the word degeneration when you were talking about your hip. And my, my, my lower back. Lower back. <laughs> my definition, I thought that you were in a place of fear, which sometimes is your first reaction. So what I was trying to do is get you out of that place. And little did I know that you were actually correct in the way that you defined degeneration of your... Well, because like I explained, degeneration is not my word. It's a chiropractic word, which just means that there's some challenges in that area. That area is, you know, degenerating. But when I use that word, your instant response was, um, no, or... It can't be that. It can't be that. And so what what is my response going to be to that? It is. Or it is. I just got defensive. Right. Because I was like, well, I just came from there, and and here I am trying to accept this myself. 
myself. Right. And, and now you're I'm not accepting it that either. It, that's not the way it is. So, um, and again, it's just a word. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like you said, you know, just like I came at you too quickly with a lesson yesterday, you came at me too quickly with, no, you're wrong. So I think the lesson in this is to allow, allow, allow. That's it. But that's all we you, need to teach. If you get stuck in that allowance, um, I mean, if you get, if that's the only thing you're doing, then, I mean, eventually you need to support, not just allow, allowing and supporting, I guess, right. is the two words that I think come to mind when it comes to, instead of fix. Well, I kind of feel like what you're, what you are there for or what you're, partner is there for, what your friends are there for, is they stand by when you're struggling with something and they allow you to say what you need to say, do what you need to do. They, they hold that space that we talked about and support you, but they know when you start, they can feel it when you start to go off the deep end and then they start to pull you back. Right. When you are living in that constant either chaos or that constant depression um, or a place where you know you become somewhat unrecognizable because of whatever's going on. That's when friends and loved ones start to pull you back. But it is okay for a while right. to let me say, "Gosh, this hurts and this is hard." Rather than, "No, and, it's not and, that bad." And the trick is to know when that time is right. when you step off the deep end because it all kind of looks similar. So it's tough to. But does it does it really look similar? Because it, you know, it, a lot of it's time. You know, if there's if it's been a few days or a week or whatever versus a month or you see a, you know, uh, a decline. Right. Um, but I, I don't know if it's really that hard to tell. A lot of people say that, mm-hmm. but I think that's our own fear. It could I kind of want to, you know, that's our own fear of I'm not going to, I'm not sure when it's going to be, so I better step on it now versus really standing back. And are we talking too generally here? No, I think, I okay. think, but I do think that there is times when it's, it is tough to tell when the deep end has begun. Like it's all subtle. Yeah. And, and when do I step in and try to, instead of take a passive role and just be a good listener to saying, Kathy, go to the chiropractor. Not that I had to tell you that because right. you told yourself that, but there comes a point in time when the the significant other needs to step in and, and really kind of grab you and say, this is what we should do. Well, I think instead of, see, right there, your language is step in and say, this is what we should do. Right. I would say you go to that person and say, I'm concerned. What do you think we can do or what are your ideas or how can I help you? You don't come in and tell people what to do or else they're going to be defensive. You come in and say, I am feeling, take responsibility for your feelings. You don't look at the person and say, you are having problems. You need to do this. You come in and say, I am uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I am feeling that you are declining in some way or that you're not taking care of yourself. And I'm hearing you complain about your lower back so much. What are some options? How can I help you? Instead of coming in with the with solution. The, with the solution and demanding that somebody do something. Because that way you can still own your solution. Absolutely. And and you're supporting and not telling. Right. You know, if you anybody who comes in and says, here's what we're going to do, forget about it. Or right. you may end up doing it, but you're going to be annoyed. Right. You know, you're going to say, okay, well, I'll do it for you. Right. How many people say that? You know, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it for my husband or right. I'm going to do it for my spouse because he told me to. And then your your heart's not in it. Well, we talked a lot about that last week as far as when you do things, do it for yourself and not for anybody else. And it's, if, unless you know any more, it just sounds like you're being selfish. But really, that's the gift that you give. Is, right. 
you know, help yourself so you can help other people. I mean, right. That's kind of well, and do what feels good to you because you're going to, a lot of people go to everyone else for advice, you know, like, well, what should I do? How should I manage this? And sometimes you have to figure out what feels right to you. Like I know some of my friends, if they were to hurt themselves, they'd go to a doctor and maybe do physical therapy or maybe get medication and, you know, all of which is fine for them. Right. But I know for me, I feel more comfortable with chiropractic. I, that feels right to me. Some people would say, oh, that's silly or whatever, but you have to kind of trust in your own instincts. Well, and that's not to say that you can't solicit advice from friends or loved ones or support staff. I think the the metaphor that we have used in the past is like, you know, you can solicit advice from all your cabinet members, but in the end, you are the president of yourself. You make the final decision. You make the final decision. So don't do something because when your cabinet cabinet members told you to do it, you listen, take it in, and then decide what you want to do with it. Right. So... Anyways, okay, well, that's good. Anything else regarding hips and um, No, hamstrings? it's getting better. I'm sitting right now while we're taping this. I'm sitting in a, a position I couldn't sit in before. There so go. I know that it's it's healing. It's I'm, I'm on the upswing. Um, I want to talk about my uh, addiction to efficiency and productivity. Ah, so, how much time do we have left? <laughs> <laughs> this will only take 30 seconds because I'll squeeze as much productivity out okay, as I Okay, yeah, let's be as productive with this time as we can possibly. So I'm at the kitchen table two days ago. And um, you, I don't know if you started or I started. How did we start that conversation? Um, I don't remember, but, but it was it's at not a time. Like it's the first time we've had this yes, conversation. But it was at a time where I was kind of just always doing something. I was being productive, whether it's being with the girls or with work, or even playing the piano. I mean, that was kind of a weird uh, thing. And you had to stop me in my tracks, saying, "Take." some time for yourself. I said, I am taking time for myself. I'm playing the piano. And you're like, well, that's still something that you feel like you have to do. Well, it's still something where you're being productive and you're fi- it's, this And is I such said, a hard I, thing I said, explain. no, I'm enjoying it. And you said, okay, you can enjoy it, but don't forget to just create some space to allow a conversation to happen organically. Right. Well, well what I, I will give you my viewpoint okay. on this is you constantly sit, um, not always, consistently. How about that's better than constantly? Um, you sit at this table and that we are at with your computer open and you're always needing to do things. If it be check things off your list or, you know, make this call. Like you're one of those people, if the phone rings, you get it. Yeah. If the if an email comes in, you look at it. Mm. If, you know, you get a text, you read it. I mean, mm. even like in the middle of the night, Todd, just the yeah. last couple of times, it's been like one in the morning and a text will come in on well, your phone and you will get up and look at well, it. Well, texts never come in. I'm curious to see what's going on. I know, but there's got know, to be a stupid. point in your day when you are completely, and, and I like your language that you just used, is I think what I was trying to point out, and I was trying to be in a good space myself because I didn't want to be well, and you weren't nagging. Saying- yeah, because it really wasn't for me. Because you weren't saying you need. You're like we all need to do this, right? And that language helped because if you had pointed your finger at me saying, and I probably didn't, um, you know, uh, say the story with as much, um, you know, the way it, it actually came out. But you were saying it as, listen, we all need to do this. And if you would have came and said, you need to start taking time for yourself. Oh then it wouldn't have gone as well. I work on this all the time. Actually, uh, in my book, my second chapter, I can't remember what it's called, but it's about um, being productive all the time. Right. And and how when I became a mom, I realized that... um, the, what productivity means had to change because I used to fill every spot of my day just like you do. Right. Like where every moment I had to be doing something productive or producing in some way, if it even be calling a friend, I had to be completing something, checking something off. 
And I realized as a parent, that's really impossible to do that anymore. Now we're kind of figuring out how to, you know, now even being with our children becomes productive. Like, hey, I'm going to play a game with you. Okay, check that off my list. Okay, back over to my computer. Okay. And what I was trying to point out was that sometimes we just got to sit with nothing mm-hmm. and see what happens. And two examples of that. One is, do you remember that Seinfeld? And we talked about this in one of our classes, but uh, Elaine and Putty are sitting in the <laughs> airplane and Elaine and Putty like would break up and get together like three times on the same flight. They go to Arby's. They go to Arby's. And then <laughs> Elaine, uh, you know, finally they made up again and uh, Putty just sits there and he starts staring at the back of the seat in front of him. And the airplane, yeah. And Elaine's like, what are you doing? She goes, aren't you going to read a book? He's like, no. And he goes, she's like, are you going to take a nap or sleep? No. He's, she's like, so you're just going to sit there? He's like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And then and they break up. Crazy, she, so she breaks, up, she breaks up again. So that's kind of the funny example of that. But Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he recommends that not that everybody has the ability to go to the beach um, very often, but he's like, go to the beach one day. Go to the lake if you're in Or Chicago. the lake or go to a park and just sit there. He's like, don't bring a book. Don't. Bring a blanket to sleep. Just sit there and stare at the ocean or stare at a tree or stare at a lake or just stare at something in nature and just allow something to come in that otherwise may not be able to come in. And I'll share that I think you don't, you know, I love all those ideas, but you can also just in your own family, in your own house, just sit in a chair without your phone, Mm -hmm. without your piano, Mm -hmm. without your um, book, book, without your magazine, because, you know, I am the same as you. This is... Like Todd said, I'm not looking at him and criticizing him. I have the same issues. I always feel like I need to be doing something, but I want to be conscious of that. So sometimes if you just sit, Mm -hmm. the girls will run up to you or say, look at this, or you end up like, because you actually, after I said this to you, two hours later, or maybe it was right away, I don't even remember now, but you ended up just sitting at this table and and we ended up having a conversation. I know, but, and, and that was a good thing, but it was more just to show you that I was listening. Oh, you, I mean, did, it, you did it for it, me, well, not for you? Well, I'm not going to say that, but it was hard for me not to get back on my computer and check one of the 85 things I have on my right. list to do. But uh, after having that conversation, it would have been very difficult for me to get right back on the computer. It would have been st- stupid. But anyways, but you were there. I mean, I the way I like to visualize this is what we are sometimes for each other are mirrors. We hold up a mirror to each other and say, this is what is going on. Because I couldn't see it. I, You were 100% correct. I was going a mile a minute, and I just needed to take... A- even with things you love. Even with piano, because that was the thing, as he kept saying, but I'm playing piano, I'm doing what I love. Yes, but you're like fitting it into this spot, and you're playing, and you're saying, check, and right. then you go to something else. And so it's it, there's no flow of... It's more of an obligation or something. I'm. It's more productivity, like right. taking on the chess club. Right. You know, it's like something else... And instead of just having some space for whatever happens, and you can do that by going and sitting at a park or just in your own house. So the moral of the story is stop being productive. Well, the moral of the story is be conscious of how productive you constantly need to be. I would never say to anyone, stop being productive, because everyone would yell at me and say, how am I going to get everything done? I hear you. I have the same issues. But every once in a while... Well, what it comes down to is balance. I was out of balance because I was being productive and efficient and doing things and checking things off my list. And it got to the point where there was no space. Well, you weren't here. Right. You were like mentally everywhere Physically I was here and mentally I was somewhere else. And we've had had these conversations a lot of times. um, And it usually comes up once every three or four months. And again, it's never a, a criticism as much as like you said. I'm just trying to say I don't really feel like you're here. You're here. 
but you're kind of everywhere else but here and you're moving through the day you know it's kind of I always I have these things in my head that that help me and they sound kind of morbid but if I only had today or tomorrow or 30 days left here what would I be doing would I really be constantly being productive and checking things off my list or would I sometimes just be laying on the couch and having you know the girls come jump on me or sitting outside and saying hi to the neighbors or would I be you know I don't know and you know and but there's no space for it when we have things on our list constantly and um so create space for yourself right and whatever whatever way that looks but just to to make this point it's not always comfortable because we have been trained I can attest to it it was very uncomfortable to sit at a chair across the table from you not having because I was so deep I was off the deep end I was like okay you know like my fingers started right, twitching right it's uncomfortable I mean, it's, it's but but be expect the uncomfortable feelings right and but all these things that we preach and all these things that you believe to be true um about being present mm-hmm. and mindfulness right all these things you learn you're learning them is words and you're saying yeah I like uh, that idea I, but you're not right, doing it right and that's the difference is a lot of people will say I know this you know you need to do this you need to do this but they don't really practice it and I am you know I'm saying this to myself too I mean, I'm I'm a work in progress on all this too, but I want to be conscious of the fact that I am not really doing it. I'm just spouting the words. Well, and the most ironic part about it is a friend of mine just uh, gave me uh, a book on mindfulness. And you've been reading and it. And I've been reading it. And but dutifully. I've been, I've been reading the words dutifully, but I haven't incorporated many of the ideas. Now I'm starting to, after reading the book and hearing what you have to say, I'm, I'm getting to a closer place. But yeah. anyways... Um, so that is, uh, that's the half hour pretty much. Yeah. What, uh, what do you have to promote for yourself? Um, my book. Okay. Self-Aware Parent, 19 Lessons for Growing with Your Children. And where can you find that? KathyKasaniAdams.com. If you would like a presentation, something for your school, something for your club, your organization, please go on my website and shoot me an email. I'd love to be there. And um, my Chicago Parent blog, check that out, ChicagoParent.com. And I'll talk about our sponsor, Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Please give them a call. Tell them that uh, Zen Zen Parenting Parenting sent you and Zen Parenting loves you. And their number is 630-956-1800. So with that, I will say that this is Todd Adams saying, I'm Mosley. I don't know that one. I know you don't know that one. i got to keep you on your toes, too. I guess so. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. See you next week, everybody.